Section two of the Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume eleven. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume eleven by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Story of the Larrikin and the Cook part one one of the ne'er-do-wells found himself one fine morning without aught and the world was straitened upon him and patience failed him so he lay down to sleep and ceased not slumbering till the sun stang him and the foam came out upon his mouth whereupon he arose and he was penniless and had not even so much as a single dirham presently he arrived at the shop of a cook who had set his pots and pans over the fire and washed his saucers and wiped his scales and swept his shop and sprinkled it and indeed his fats and oils were clear and clarified and his spices fragrant and he himself stood behind his cooking pots ready to serve customers so the larrikin whose wits had been sharpened by hunger went in to him and saluting him said to him weigh me half a dirham's worth of meat and a quarter of a dirham's worth of boiled grain and the like of bread so the kitchener weighed it out to him and the good-for-naught entered the shop whereupon the man set the food before him and he ate till he had gobbled up the whole and licked the saucers and sat perplexed knowing not how he should do with the cook concerning the price of that he had eaten and turning his eyes about upon everything in the shop and as he looked behold he caught sight of an earthen pan lying arsiversy upon its mouth so he raised it from the ground and found under it a horse's tail freshly cut off and the blood oozing from it whereby he knew that the cook adulterated his meat with horse-flesh when he discovered this default he rejoiced therein and washing his hands bowed his head and went out and when the kitchener saw that he went and gave him not he cried out saying stay o pest o burglar so the larrikin stopped and said to him dost thou cry out upon me and call to me with these words o cornute whereat the cook was angry and coming down from the shop cried what meanest thou by that speech o low fellow thou that devourest meat and millet and bread and kitchen and goest forth with the peace be on thee as it were the thing had not been and payest down not for it quoth the lackpenny thou liest o accursed son of a cuckold whereupon the cook cried out and laying hold of his debtor's collar said o oh, moslems this fellow is my first customer this day and he hath eaten my food and given me naught so the folk gathered about them and blamed the ne'er-do-well and said to him give him the price of that which thou hast eaten quoth he i gave him a dirham before i entered the shop and quoth the cook be everything i sell this day forbidden to me if he gave me so much as the name of a coin by allah he gave me naught but ate my food and went out and would have made off without aught said answered the larrikin i gave thee a dirham and he reviled the kitchener who returned his abuse 
whereupon he dealt him a buffet and they gripped and grappled and throttled each other when the folk saw them fighting they came up to them and asked them what is this strife between you and no cause for it and the lackpenny answered ay by allah but there is a cause for it and the cause hath a tail whereupon cried the cook yea by allah now thou mindest me of thyself and thy dirham yes he gave me a dirham and but a quarter of the coin is spent come back and take the rest of the price of thy dirham for he understood what was to do at the mention of the tale and i o my brother added abu al hasan my story hath a cause which i will tell thee the caliph laughed at his speech and said by allah this is none other than a pleasant tale tell me thy story and the cause replied the host with love and godly gree know o my lord that my name is abu al hasan al kalia and that my father died and left me abundant wealth of which i made two parts one i laid up and with the other i betook myself to enjoying the pleasures of friendship and conviviality and consorting with intimates and boon companions and with the sons of the merchants nor did i leave one but i caroused with him and he with me and i lavished all my money on comrades and good cheer till there remained with me naught whereupon i betook myself to the friends and fellow-topers upon whom i had wasted my wealth so perhaps they might provide for my case but when i visited them and went round about to them all i found no vantage in one of them nor would any so much as break a bittock of bread in my face so i wept for myself and repairing to my mother complained to her of my case quoth she such are friends and thou have aught they frequent thee and devour thee but and thou have not they cast thee off and chase thee away then i brought out the other half of my money and bound myself to an oath that i would never entertain any save one single night after which i would never again salute him or notice him hence my saying to thee far be it alas that what is past should again come to pass for i will never again company with thee after this night when the commander of the faithful heard this he laughed a loud laugh and said ha 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 by allah o my brother thou art indeed excused in this matter now that i know the cause and that the cause hath a tale nevertheless inshallah i will not sever myself from thee replied abu al hasan o oh, my guest did i not say to thee far be it alas that what is past should again come to pass for indeed i will never again foregather with any then the caliph rose and the host set before him a dish of roast goose and a bannock of first bread and sitting down fell to cutting off morsels and morselling the caliph therewith they gave not over eating till they were filled when abu al hasan brought basin and dewer and potash and they washed their hands then he lighted three wax candles and three lamps and spreading the drinking cloth brought strained wine clear old and fragrant whose scent was as that of virgin musk he filled the first cup saying o oh, my boon companion be ceremony laid aside between us by thy leave thy slave is by thee 
may i not be afflicted with thy loss drank it off and filled a second cup which he handed to the caliph with due reverence his fashion pleased the commander of the faithful and the goodliness of his speech and he said to himself by allah i will assuredly requite him for this then abu al hasan filled the cup again and handed it to the caliph reciting these two couplets had we thy coming known we would for sacrifice have poured thee out heart's blood or blackness of the eyes ay and we would have spread our bosoms in thy way that so thy feet might fare on eyelids carpet-wise when the caliph heard his verses he took the cup from his hand and kissed it and drank it off and returned it to abu al hasan who made him an obeisance and filled it and drank then he filled again and kissing the cup thrice recited these lines your presence honoureth the base and we confess the deed of grace and you absent yourself from us no freak we find to fill your place then he gave the cup to the caliph saying drink it in health and soundness it doeth away malady and bringeth remedy and setteth the runnels of health to flow free so they ceased not carousing and conversing till middle night when the caliph said to his host o oh, my brother hast thou in thy heart a concupiscence thou wouldest have accomplished or a contingency thou wouldest avert said he by allah there is no regret in my heart save that i am not empowered with bidding and forbidding so i might manage what is in my mind quoth the commander of the faithful by allah and again by allah o my brother tell me what is in thy mind and quoth abu al hasan would heaven i might be caliph for one day and avenge myself on my neighbours for that in my vicinity is a mosque and therein four shaykhs who hold it a grievance when there cometh a guest to me and they trouble me with talk and worry me in words and menace me that they will complain of me to the prince of true believers and indeed they oppress me exceedingly and i crave of allah the most high power for one day that i may beat each and every of them with four hundred lashes as well as the imam of the mosque and parade them round about the city of baghdad and bid cry before them this is the reward and the least of the reward of whoso exceedeth in talk and vexeth the folk and turneth their joy to annoy this is what i wish and no more said the caliph allah grant thee that thou seekest let us crack one last cup and rise ere the dawn draw near and to-morrow night i will be with thee again said abu al hasan far be it then the caliph crowned a cup and putting therein a piece of cretan bang gave it to his host and said to him my life on thee o my brother drink this cup from my hand and abu al hasan answered ay by thy life i will drink it from thy hand so he took it and drank it off but hardly had it settled in his stomach when his head forewent his heels and he fell to the ground like one slain whereupon the caliph went out and said to his slave masrur go in to yonder young man the housemaster and take him up and bring him to me at the palace and when thou goest shut the door so saying he went away 
whilst masrur entered and taking up abu al hasan shut the door behind him and made after his master till he reached with him the palace what while the night drew to an end and the cocks began crowing and set him down before the commander of the faithful who laughed at him then he sent for jafar the barmecide and when he came before him said to him know thou yonder young man pointing to abu al hasan and when thou shalt see him to-morrow seated in my place of estate and on the throne of my caliphate and clad in my royal clothing stand thou in attendance upon him and enjoin the emirs and grandees and the folk of my household and the officers of my realm to be upon their feet as in his service and obey him in whatso he shall bid them do and thou if he speak to thee of aught do it and hearken unto his say and gainsay him not in anything during this coming day jafar acknowledged the order with hearkening and obedience and withdrew whilst the prince of true believers went in to the palace women who came up to him and he said to them when this sleeper shall awake to-morrow kiss ye the ground between his hands and do ye wait upon him and gather round about him and clothe him in the royal clothing and serve him with the service of the caliphate and deny not aught of his estate but say to him thou art the caliph then he taught them what they should say to him and how they should do with him and withdrawing to a retired room let down a curtain before himself and slept thus fared it with the caliph but as regards abu al hasan he gave not over snoring in his sleep till the day break clear and the rising of the sun drew near when a woman in waiting came up to him and said to him o oh, our lord the morning prayer hearing these words he laughed and opening his eyes turned them about the palace and found himself in an apartment whose walls were painted with gold and lapis lazuli and its ceiling dotted and starred with red gold around it were sleeping chambers with curtains of gold embroidered silk let down over their doors and all about vessels of gold and porcelain and crystal and furniture and carpets dispread and lamps burning before the niche wherein men prayed and slave-girls and eunuchs and mamelukes and black slaves and boys and pages and attendants when he saw this he was bewildered in his wit and said by allah either i am dreaming a dream or this is paradise and the abode of peace and he shut his eyes and would have slept again quoth one of the eunuchs o my lord this is not of thy want o commander of the faithful then the rest of the handmaids of the palace came up to him and lifted him into a sitting posture when he found himself upon a mattress raised a cubit's height from the ground and all stuffed with floss silk so they seated him upon it and propped his elbow with a pillow and he looked at the apartment and its vastness and saw those eunuchs and slave-girls in attendance upon him and standing about his head whereupon he laughed at himself and said by allah tis not as i were on wake yet i am not asleep and in his perplexity he bowed his chin upon his bosom and then opened his eyes little by little smiling and saying what is this state wherein i find myself then he arose and sat up whilst the damsels laughed at him privily and he was bewildered in his wit and bit his finger 
and as the bite pained him he cried oh and was vexed and the caliph watched him whence he saw him not and laughed presently abu al hasan turned to a damsel and called to her whereupon she answered at thy service o prince of true believers quoth he what is thy name and quoth she shaharat al dur then he said to her by the protection of allah o damsel am i commander of the faithful she replied yes indeed by the protection of allah thou in this time art commander of the faithful quoth he by allah thou liest o thousandfold whore then he glanced at the chief eunuch and called to him whereupon he came to him and kissing the ground before him said yes o commander of the faithful asked abu al hasan who is the commander of the faithful and the eunuch answered thou and abu al hasan said thou liest thousandfold he whore that thou art then he turned to another eunuch and said to him o my chief by the protection of allah am i prince of the true believers said he ay by allah o my lord thou art in this time commander of the faithful and vice-regent of the lord of the three worlds abu al hasan laughed at himself and doubted of his reason and was bewildered at what he beheld and said in one night do i become caliph yesterday i was abu al hasan the wag and to-day i am commander of the faithful then the chief eunuch came up to him and said o prince of true believers the name of allah encompass thee thou art indeed commander of the faithful and vice-regent of the lord of the three worlds and the slave-girls and eunuchs flocked round about him till he arose and abode wondering at his case hereupon the eunuch brought him a pair of sandals wrought with raw silk and green silk and purfled with red gold and he took them and after examining them set them in his sleeve whereat the castrato cried out and said allah allah o my lord these are sandals for the treading of thy feet so thou mayest went to the wardrobe abu al hasan was confounded and shaking the sandals from his sleeve put them on his feet whilst the caliph died of laughter at him the slave forewent him to the chapel of ease where he entered and doing his job came out into the chamber whereupon the slave-girls brought him a basin of gold and a ewer of silver and poured water on his hands and he made the wuzu ablution then they spread him a prayer carpet and he prayed now he knew not how to pray and gave not over bowing and prostrating for twenty inclinations pondering in himself the while and saying by allah i am none other than the commander of the faithful in very truth this is assuredly no dream for all these things happen not in a dream and he was convinced and determined in himself that he was prince of true believers so he pronounced the salam and finished his prayers whereupon the mamelukes and slave-girls came round about him with bundled suits of silken and linen stuffs and clad him in the costume of the caliphate and gave the royal dagger in his hand then the chief eunuch came in and said o prince of true believers the chamberlain is at the door craving permission to enter said he let him enter whereupon he came in 
and after kissing ground offered the salutation peace be upon thee o commander of the faithful at this abu al hasan rose and descended from the couch to the floor whereupon the official exclaimed allah allah o prince of true believers wottest thou not that all men are thy lieges and under thy rule and that it is not meet for the caliph to rise to any man presently the eunuch went out before him and the little white slaves behind him and they ceased not going till they raised the curtain and brought him into the hall of judgment and the throne-room of the caliphate there he saw the curtains and forty doors and al-ijli and al-rakashi the poet and ibdan and jadim and abu ishak the cup companion and beheld swords drawn and the lions compassing the throne as the white of the eye encircleth the black and gilded glaives and death-dealing bows and ajams and arabs and turks and daylamites and folk and peoples and emirs and vaziers and captains and grandees and lords of the land and men of war in band and in very sooth there appeared the might of the house of abbas and the majesty of the prophet's family so he sat down upon the throne of the caliphate and set the dagger on his lap whereupon all present came up to kiss ground between his hands and called down on him length of life and continuance of weal then came forward jafar the barmecide and kissing the ground said be the wide world of allah the treading of thy feet and may paradise be thy dwelling-place and the fire the home of thy foes never may neighbour defy thee nor the lights of fire die out for thee o caliph of all cities and ruler of all countries therewithal abu al hasan cried out at him and said o dog of the sons of parmak go down forthright thou and the chief of the city police to such a place in such a street and deliver a hundred dinars of gold to the mother of abu al hasan the wag and bear her my salutation then go to such a mosque and take the four shaykhs and the imam and scourge each of them with a thousand lashes and mount them on beasts face to tail and parade them round about all the city and banish them to a place other than this city and bid the crier make cry before them saying this is the reward and the least of the reward of whoso multiplieth words and molesteth his neighbours and damageth their delights and stinteth their eating and drinking jafar received the command and answered with obedience after which he went down from before abu al hasan to the city and did all he had ordered him to do meanwhile abu al hasan abode in the caliphate taking and giving bidding and forbidding and carrying out his command till the end of the day when he gave leave and permission to withdraw and the emirs and officers of state departed to their several occupations and he looked towards the chamberlain and the rest of the attendants and said be gone then the eunuchs came to him and calling down on him length of life and continuance of weal walked in attendance upon him and raised the curtain and he entered the pavilion of the harem where he found candles lighted and lamps burning and singing women smiting on instruments and ten slave girls high bosomed maids when he saw this he was confounded in his wit 
and said to himself by allah i am in truth commander of the faithful presently adding or haply these are of the jan and he who was my guest yesternight was one of their kings who saw no way to requite my favours save by commanding his ifrits to address me as prince of true believers but an these be of the jan may allah deliver me in safety from their mischief as soon as he appeared the slave-girls rose to him and carrying him up on to the dais brought him a great tray bespread with the richest viands so he ate thereof with all his might and main till he had gotten his fill when he called one of the handmaids and said to her what is thy name replied she my name is miska and he said to another what is thy name quoth she my name is tarka then he asked a third what is thy name who answered my name is tofa and he went on to question the damsels of their names one after another till he had learned the ten when he rose from that place and removed to the wine-chamber he found it every way complete and saw therein ten great trays covered with all fruits and cakes and every sort of sweetmeats so he sat down and ate thereof after the measure of his competency and finding there three troops of singing-girls was amazed and made the girls eat then he sat and the singers also seated themselves whilst the black slaves and the white slaves and the eunuchs and pages and boys stood and of the slave-girls some sat and some stood the damsels sang and warbled all varieties of melodies and the place rang with the sweetness of the songs whilst the pipes cried out and the lutes with them wailed till it seemed to abu al hasan that he was in paradise and his heart was heartened and his breast broadened so he sported and joyance grew on him and he bestowed robes of honour on the damsels and gave and bestowed challenging this girl and kissing that and toying with a third plying one with wine and morselling another with meat till nightfall all this while the commander of the faithful was diverting himself with watching him and laughing and when night fell he bade one of the slave-girls drop a piece of pang in the cup and gave it to abu al hasan to drink so she did his bidding and gave him the cup which no sooner had he drunk than his head forewent his feet therewith the caliph came forth from behind the curtain laughing and calling to the attendant who had brought abu al hasan to the palace said to him carry this man to his own place so masrur took him up and carrying him to his own house set him down in the saloon then he went forth from him and shutting the saloon door upon him returned to the caliph who slept till the morrow as for abu al hasan he gave not over slumbering till almighty allah brought on the morning when he recovered from the drug and awoke crying out and saying ho to faha ho rahat al kulub ho miska ho tofa and he ceased not calling upon the palace handmaids till his mother heard him summoning strange damsels and rising came to him and said allah's name encompass thee up with thee o my son o abu al hasan thou dreamest so he opened his eyes and finding an old woman at his head raised his eyes and said to her who art thou quoth she 
I am thy mother. And quoth he, Thou liest, I am the commander of the faithful, the vice-regent of Allah. Whereupon his mother shrieked aloud and said to him, Heaven preserve thy reason, be silent, O my son, and cause not the loss of our lives and the wasting of thy wealth, which will assuredly befall us if any hear this talk and carry it to the caliph. So he rose from his sleep, and finding himself in his own saloon, and his mother by him, had doubts of his wit, and said to her, By Allah, O my mother, I saw myself in a dream in a palace, with slave-girls and mamelukes about me, and in attendance upon me, and I sat upon the throne of the caliphate, and ruled. By Allah, O my mother, this is what I saw, and in very sooth it was no dream. Then he bethought himself a while, and said, Assuredly I am Abu al-Hasan al-Kaliyah, and this that I saw was only a dream when I was made caliph, and bade and forbade. Then he bethought himself again, and said, Nay, but t'was not a dream, and I am none other than the caliph, and indeed I gave gifts, and bestowed honor robes. Quoth his mother to him, O my son, thou sportest with thy reason, thou wilt go to the madhouse, and become a gazing-stock. Indeed, that which thou hast seen is only from the foul fiend, and it was an imbroglio of dreams. For at times Satan sporteth with men's wits in all manner of ways. Then she said to him, O oh, my son, was there any one with thee yesternight? And he reflected and said, Yes, one lay the night with me, and I acquainted him with my case, and told him my tale. Doubtless he was of the devils, and I, O oh, my mother, even as thou sayest truly, am Abu al-Hasan al kaliyah She rejoined, O oh, my son, rejoice in tidings of all good, for yesterday's record is that there came the wazir Jafar, the Barmecide, and his many, and beat the shaykhs of the mosque and the imam, each a thousand lashes, after which they paraded them round about the city, making proclamation before them and saying, This is the reward, and the least of the reward, for whoso faileth in good will to his neighbors, and troubleth on them their lives. And he banished them from Baghdad. Moreover, the caliph sent me a hundred dinars, and sent to salute me. Whereupon Abu al-Hasan cried out and said to her, O ill-omened crone, wilt thou contradict me and tell me that I am not the prince of true believers? T'was I who commanded Jafar the Barmecide to beat the shaykhs, and parade them about the city, and make proclamations before them, and it was I, very I, who sent thee the hundred dinars, and sent to salute thee, and I, O oh, beldam of ill-luck, am in very deed the commander of the faithful, and thou art a liar, who would make me out an idiot. So saying, he rose up and fell upon her, and beat her with a staff of almond wood, till she cried out, Help, O oh Moslems! And he increased the beating upon her, till the folk heard her cries, and coming to her, found Abu al-Hasan bashing his mother, and saying to her, O oh, old woman of ill omen, am I not the commander of the faithful? Thou hast ensorcelled me. When the folk heard his words, they said, This man raveth, and doubted not of his madness. So they came in upon him, and seizing him, 
pinioned his elbows and bore him to the bedlam quoth the superintendent what aileth this youth and quoth they this is a madman afflicted by the jinn by allah cried abu al hasan they lie against me i am no madman but the commander of the faithful and the superintendent answered him saying none lieth but thou o foulest of the jinn maddened then he stripped him of his clothes and clapping on his neck a heavy chain bound him to a high lattice and fell to beating him two bouts a day and two a nights and he ceased not abiding on this wise the space of ten days then his mother came to him and said o oh, my son o oh, abu al hasan return to thy right reason for this is the devil's doing quoth he thou sayest sooth o oh, my mother and bear thou witness of me that i repent me of that talk and turn me from my madness so do thou deliver me for i am nigh upon death accordingly his mother went out to the superintendent and procured his release and he returned to his own house now this was at the beginning of the month and when it ended abu al hasan longed to drink liquor and returning to his former habit furnished his saloon and made ready food and bade bring wine then going forth to the bridge he sat there expecting one whom he should converse and carouse with according to his custom as he sat thus behold up came the caliph and masrur to him but abu al hasan saluted them not and said to al rashid no friendly welcome to thee o king of the john quoth al rashid what have i done to thee and quoth abu al hasan what more couldst thou do than what thou hast done to me o foulest of the jann i have been beaten and thrown into bedlam where all said i was jinn mad and this was caused by none save thyself i brought thee to my house and fed thee with my best after which thou didst empower thy satans and marids to disport themselves with my wits from morning to evening so avaunt and aroint thee and went thy ways the caliph smiled and said seating himself by his side said to him o oh, my brother did i not tell thee that i would return to thee quoth abu al hasan i have no need of thee and as the byword saith in verse from my friend twere meeter and wiser to part for what i sees not born shall ne'er sorrow heart and indeed o oh, my brother the night thou camest to me and we conversed and caroused together i and thou it was as if the devil came to me and troubled me that night asked the caliph and who is he the devil and answered abu al hasan he is none other than thou whereat the caliph laughed and coaxed him and spake him fair saying o oh, my brother when i went out from thee i forgot the door and left it open and perhaps satan came in to thee quoth abu al hasan ask me not of that which hath betided me what possessed thee to leave the door open so that the devil came in to me and there befell me with him this and that and he related to him all that had betided him first and last and in repetition is no fruition what while the caliph laughed and hid his laughter then said he to abu al hasan 
praise be to allah who hath done away from thee whatso irked thee and that i see thee once more in weal and abu al hasan said never again will i take thee to cup companion or sitting comrade for the proverb saith whoso stumbleth on a stone and thereto returneth upon him be blame and reproach and thou o my brother never more will i entertain thee nor company with thee for that i have not found thy heel propitious to me but the caliph coaxed him and said i have been the means of thy winning to thy wish anent the imam and the shaykhs abu al hasan replied thou hast and al rashid continued and haply somewhat may betide thee which shall gladden thy heart yet more abu al hasan asked what dost thou require of me and the commander of the faithful answered verily i am thy guest reject not the guest quoth abu al hasan on condition that thou swear to me by the characts on the seal of solomon david's son on the twain be the peace that thou wilt not suffer thine ifrits to make fun of me he replied to hear is to obey whereupon the wag took him and brought him into the saloon and set food before him and entreated him with friendly speech then he told him all that had befallen him whilst the caliph was like to die of stifled laughter after which abu al hasan removed the tray of food and bringing the wine service filled a cup and cracked it three times then gave it to the caliph saying o boon companion of mine i am thy slave and let not that which i am about to say offend thee and be thou not vexed neither do thou vex me and he recited these verses hear one that wills thee well lips none shall bless save those who drink for drunk and all transgress ne'er will i cease to swill while night falls dark till lout my forehead low upon my tassi in wine like liquid sun is my delight which clears all care and gladdens allegresse End of section 2. Recording by Maricel Quee.